0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. We are back again today with Pastor Dennis Heath. We talked to you last week about the Holy Ghost Explained, and we told you this week was going to be the Holy Ghost Evidence. And so I'm not going to chit-chat and just... Ramble on forever. I'm just gonna jump right into it because
1: okay. if Sounds you've seen cool. how
0: many notes he's got in front of me, we're gonna be sitting here a minute. <laughs>
1: oh, we're so, gonna make it fast. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump right
0: in here and let him go at it. Oh man! Amen. Well, so th-
1: thank you for having me back. I really appreciate this opportunity, brother Austin. I um, I want to talk today. We're doing this pattern of Pentecost and about the evidence. I, uh, one of the things I do here in Texas Canada as, as a pastor, I'm a I'm a chaplain for the police department on the Texas side. And one day I was in the chief...
0: It has uh, nothing to do with, you know, muscles. No, and no. Randy, size Webb, and... Randy
1: Webb said whenever they made me a chaplain that I was a human uh, shield. Yeah. <laughs> that's That was going to be my job. But uh, Chief Shiner, he's a former chief. He's a... He was a good Baptist man, and he he had a testimony conversion, how God changed his life, and a pretty powerful testimony, really. But one day he was talking to me, and he said, uh, "He said, what's the difference between you Pentecostal people and and us Baptist folk?" Of course, that's that's quite a question, you know. Yeah. So I just, uh, in in just that second of time, I said, "Well, probably one of the biggest differences is." is Pentecost, the way we worship and the experience of the Holy Ghost in our life. And so he looked at me and said, do you speak in tongues? And I, uh, without hesitation, I looked back at him and said, yes, I, I speak in tongues. And he said, I, I have a grandma that spoke in tongues. I said she was a Pentecostal lady. So he knew all about it. But uh, in that moment, boy, I thought my days of chaplain's over. I, I get talking about speaking in tongues. This may not go very well, but I'm not ashamed of that experience, Brother Austin. I believe it's something that is vital in the life of, of us holiness people, Pentecostal right. people, the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's still relevant for today. Uh, I, I do believe that speaking in tongues is probably one of the most maligned mocked, misrepresented and misunderstood parts of the doctrine of Pentecost. We we make statements when we're preaching about the Holy Ghost that it's not just a tongue talk, and and that's really true. That's a true statement. But uh, I I would like to try to show the listeners today that uh, even though that the Holy Ghost baptism is not just a tongue talk, that speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives evidence is one of the one of the Biggest blessings right. that comes along with the baptism. It's not. It's not just some mystical thing. It's not something that's made up. You can't teach it. I know. I know. There's been, you know, charismatics that's had, you know, speaking in tongues classes and developing their prayer language. Right. But, but we know that's a, that's not true.
0: I've often said in, in preaching that I can't just
1: speak in tongues
0: whenever I want to. You know, no, it's hard to explain to folks unless they. You have the Holy Ghost, right? Right. But I said, you know, you're not going to talk about trucks and lifted up trucks and mud and you know just any hunting and anything carnal and just start speaking in tongues whenever you want. No sir, it's a locked door. Right, until the presence of God gets involved, and he is the key to the door
1: oh yeah and and i've I've told young people before that you know you don't you can't learn this it's not a it's not something right. that you, that you learn you don't you know there's been people that's had all kinds of stupid, uh, pardon the term stupid, but there's sometimes it's the only word that describes it but yeah. the stupid idea of you know just having a phrase that you say over and over and then it's the it's the holy ghost i you know, I, I people smile, but you can sign your shiny Honda till you can't sign it no more. You still don't have the Holy yeah. Ghost. You understand? What I'm saying? I lost the keys to my Honda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tie and untie your bow tie, and it's oh, just all knots. Is all you I've got? I've heard it. I've heard it. Yeah. So it, one that, one
0: guy said, "Oh, surely I see my tie come low," and then he said, "Oh, surely low my tie come." <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's not the tongues we're talking oh, no. about. All that, that is the it, Holy Ghost. That's not the evidence. of The Holy—that's the evidence of insanity or stupidity. But that's not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. <laughs>
0: shine, 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 ta, 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 ta.
1: <laughs> But when it comes to speaking in tongues, one reason why that we believe it—it's a vital doctrine of Pentecost. It's one of the—it's one of the key tenets of Pentecostal doctrine, and it is so because the Bible teaches it. it's validated. Speaking in tongues is validated by the bible. And so I want you I want you to understand that and I, uh, when it comes to the day of pentecost that's that's where we see it the initial outpouring of the holy ghost on the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 verse number 4 and they all they were all filled with the holy ghost and they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Throughout the new testament we see evidence of the uh, scriptural validation for speaking in other tongues. Even in the Old Testament, there is a reference to unknown tongues in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Now, non-Pentecostals have tried to say that that is referring to something that's going to happen somewhere down the line in the millennial reign or some something to that effect. But Paul kills that theory very quickly, when we get to First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21, he said, he quoted that text and said, "In the law it is written, "With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people." Now when we get to talking about it, and we do a biblical study on tongues and in the New Testament, you're going to go to First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 very quickly, because that that's some of our greatest insights into the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, specifically speaking in other tongues. Chapter number 12, just, just so a point of reference, and I don't want to belabor the point with, with a lot of scripture, but this is, we are talking about the, being validated by the Bible. Speaking in tongues is validated by the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12 and 10, to another, it's listing the gifts of the Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning the spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. Again, in chapter 12, and verse 28, it talks about the diversity of tongues. In First Corinthians 12 and 30, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? First Corinthians 13 and 1. I, I love this because when you think of First Corinthians 13, you think of the love chapter. That's what we refer to it as. It's the love chapter. But in the context of it, brother, there is chapter 12, which talks about the gifts of the Spirit, yeah. and then chapter 14, which deals primarily with tongues and interpretation of tongues, and sandwiched right between that. The context of the love chapter is Pentecostal doctrine. It's sandwiched in between those two chapters. And, and look how he starts off, verse number one. Of course, we say start off, and we know originally the, the, the breakdown of chapters and verses was something that, the, that came after to give us a point of reference. But he said, Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. And have not charity, I become a sound and brass, a tinkling cymbal. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Heaven has its own language. Yeah. And when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking of the tongues, you're speaking heaven's language. And I believe that's a very powerful thing to recognize and realize. And, And then when we get to chapter 14, as I said, the entirety of chapter 14 is is dealing with tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, the efforts of non-Pentecostals uh, to minimize chapters 12 and 14 in 1 Corinthians to me is is amazing, because I I read after guys that are not Pentecostal. There's some some of the greatest Bible commentaries that we often refer to are from people that were non-Pentecostals, but uh, when you begin to look and see. Men with brilliant insights to Scripture that are obviously well-learned and well-studied, when you begin to read what they write about tongues and interpretation of tongues and the gifts of Spirit, they make themselves sound so illiterate and ignorant of the Scripture. They, they go out of their way to try to minimize it. For, for instance, I have a, right here with me, I have a classic Schofield Bible. Schofield was not a Pentecostal man. And so when you read his his Bible, he has headings that he's established in there, and the heading at the beginning of chapter fourteen that deals—I mean, Paul is dealing with what the blessing and how powerful and and the, and the and giving regulations, if you will, for tongues and interpretation tongues, but but in an effort to minimize that, he takes Schofield takes one phrase that that Paul writes about prophecy being the greatest of gifts. And makes that the heading to emphasize that and minimize, and says nothing about tongues and interpretation of tongues, and so he, he completely sidesteps the issue of what Paul's really dealing with to draw the attention away from that. And so when I, I, I when I see that, I, I realize that there, there's even with all the effort that non-Pentecostals go through to minimize that, you cannot find anywhere in the New Testament. Where there is an expiration date on the doctrine of speaking in other tongues. I was listening to Sean Hannity one day, name drop a a, a big time radio show, all right? (laughs) But uh, I was listening to Sean Hannity one day. Sean Hannity's a Catholic man. He's not a Pentecostal man. He's not, don't even claim to really have a salvation experience like we know. He's a Catholic. But he was talking to a pastor, a charismatic pastor, a mega church pastor one day on the radio. And and something was said about speaking in tongues. Sean Hannity said this. He said, you know, speaking in tongues, he said, when it comes to that, I I can understand if God was wanting somebody to know about the love of God that didn't speak that language moving on them and giving them the ability to speak in a language that was not theirs so that they could hear the gospel. When I heard that, I thought, you're not far from the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Even a Catholic man can understand that. And so we, 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 we as Pentecostal people, we ought to recognize it and see what a blessing it is to be able to speak in tongues. It's valid. We don't have to be cowardly right. or take a tuck head about being Pentecostal and speaking in tongues because it is a clear Bible doctrine.
0: Yes, sir, it is. Speaking in tongues is a miracle. Yes, it is. It's not fake, it's not gibberish, and it's not confusing. Right. That is one thing that uh, evangelists we see sometimes. And the real true blue, real McCoy, holy ghost of heaven, third person of the Godhead is not confusing. Right. He's not going to speak, and you wonder, what in the world does that mean? Right, amen. Oh, yeah, he's not going to speak, and you're like, That didn't make any sense, right? Because that was not the Holy Ghost, yeah. And, and I've seen it in church, and, and I'll leave that alone right there, somewhere in the world, right? <laughs> but you know, you, you go there, and everybody's like, Bless them, Lord, pat him on the back, and I'm like, No, right, that's not the Holy Ghost. Because on the Holy, I've been in this almost all my life, when the Holy Ghost speaks. It makes
1: sense. That's right on target. Yes, sir. It's God speaking to the church. Oh, there was this lady in the church that I was associated with one time that she was uh, she was known to be a prophetess, if you will. Oh, yeah. There was an element of charismaticism. Red flag
0: when somebody calls themselves a prophetess.
1: This this particular lady walked into the pastor's office one day and said, "I am the watchman set on the wall for this church. If you want to know what the Holy Ghost is saying, you just ask me." Okay, that's the kind of woman she was, but she gave a message in tongues interpretation in this church one time. I happened to be there when this happened. And in the interpretation, she began to talk about the eight spies that brought back an evil report. I thought, hmm seemed like the Bible said there was 10 of those. <laughs> Maybe the Holy Ghost just had a mem- moment of Alzheimer's or something there. But I, I, that, that's that's the confusion you were mentioning. Things yeah. like that, that's not the genuine Holy Ghost moving in right. somebody's life. Listen, the fact of the matter is the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet. And so I also realize there's times whenever we we can make an error as we are trying to be used of the Holy Ghost. But when it comes to to the scripture, the truth of the word of God and what God and being on target. The Holy Ghost doesn't make mistakes. Well, the okay? Holy
0: Ghost speaks of Christ.
1: Right. The Holy Ghost speaks
0: of God. He's not speaking to lift you up. Right. He's not speaking so your name can be lifted up because it's not about us. Right. It's about him. Yes. And sir. so when you see folks and they're quote unquote in the Holy Ghost, and it's all about them, it's a show about them. They're right. taking over the service. They're saying, I did this, and I done that, and then they give a message, and they have to give that same interpretation <laughs> oh, yes. and all of that, and it's just a show. Yes, sir. It's a, to me, it bothers me because I've seen it so much. Oh, it's yes. a mockery yes, sir. making fun of the Holy Ghost. And when I first started getting around that, I thought, well, these people are just nuts. But the more I've seen that, and I don't see it as much lately because I've distanced myself from that, that crowd just because they didn't want Right, they didn't want my me and my wife's ministry because I don't I'm not just I'm just not gonna mess with that
1: well there's a spirit that works yeah my spirit
0: that. don't click with that because yes, it's just it's just flesh right it's just flesh and the Holy Ghost is
1: not just flesh and and he's the and, third person of the Godhead if we're not careful if we're not careful we allow that when we we operate in the flesh like that there's a spirit behind that yeah I remember uh, Brother Hudson, Brother Tim Hudson, telling the story of having that vision of being in a church, power of God falling, the Holy Ghost moving, people this. shouting and dancing. Yeah. And and in the spirit, in this vision, he saw the Holy Ghost in a, in a personified way pick up his luggage and walk out the door. And they just kept on shouting and dancing. Didn't even know he left. And didn't even know he left. But then on the, on the other side of the church, the door opened up and another spirit walked in. And they just kept on shouting and dancing. And so uh, I, I don't want to cause people to question every time the Holy Ghost moves. Right. But, but there is the... Gen- and here's one thing you have to... The Bible talks about try the spirits. We don't try the spirit by our spirit. Because sometimes we can have the bad spirit or wrong spirit. We must try the spirit. First of all, the first test is always the Bible. If someone is operating and saying they're moving and working in the spirit and it's contrary to the scripture, you can rest assured that's yeah. not the real Holy Ghost working because he's not going to contradict yes. what he authored in yeah. the Word of God. He's the author of this. He's the one that inspired. He moved on holy men of old to write these things down, and the Holy Ghost is not going to contradict himself because right. he's truth. He is complete truth. So
0: That's definitely one thing I wanted to address in this topic is... You know, the blessing of the mm-hmm. Holy Ghost, but to, to bring it up to, to folks that, you know, watch out, be careful because yes, sir. it's out there. Yes, you know, sir. It, it might not be in your church and in your family, but you rest assured you start traveling out a little bit like we both have. Yes, sir. And you're going to see it.
1: Yes, you're going sir. to see
0: it. And I've seen it more than once, oh, yes, more than a handful of times. And it, some crazy it bugs things. me so much that they're making a mockery yes, and sir. they're playing with fool's gold when they could have the real
1: gold we don't realize how close to blasphemy of the holy ghost we can get what people some people have gotten acting like they were moving and and speaking as the holy ghost yeah. it's a very dangerous place to me to be i too too dangerous for me to to get there i i want to make sure we're right yeah, where we. the
0: true holy ghost is not 50 50 right He's not 60-40. Right. He's not 75% right. Right. If it's the Holy Ghost, you can bank on it. Now, men miss it. Yes, sir. I understand that. Men do miss it. But when the Holy Ghost speaks,
1: you mark it down. Oh, that's right. So speaking in tongues, it's validated in the Bible. Yes. But it also verifies the baptism. I believe this is a very, very important thing to, to deal with. Because we live in a time where mainline Pentecostal denominations are starting to call into question, and some and some areas have already changed their fundamental doctrine on this, and no longer preach and believe that the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. We know that that is true because the Bible verifies that. It verifies and, and lets us know that speaking in tongues is, verifies the baptism. In Acts 2 and 4, Acts 10 and 46, and Acts 19 and 6, all testifying witness to the truth. I remember one time hearing Ralph Cox quote that, and he said, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Just because you shout or dance or run or jump doesn't, doesn't mean you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the baptism is when the Holy Ghost takes control of the most unruly member of your body right. and glorifies Christ with it, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In these three instances, Acts 2, Acts 10, and Acts 19, there's great insights that we, that we glean from each one of these experiences where the Holy Ghost was poured out. Very quickly, Acts two, Acts 2, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, Every one of them, it unctionized their worship and their witness. Boy, you can see that. Peter steps out, a man that just in a few days earlier denied Christ. After the, after the crucifixion, in that period of time, he was, he was hiding away. This is, not a, this is a man that's really been very quick to speak. But, but he's also had times where he's, he's denied the Lord as well. But on the day of Pentecost, after he'd received the baptism, he stands up and in an unction of the Spirit, declares the gospel boldly, and 3,000 people get saved. But it not only unctionized their witness and their worship. But it made universal their worship and witness. The Bible says in verse 6 of Acts 2, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That's a powerful thing right there. But when we get to Acts 10, Acts 10 is a powerful scripture as well, because that's where the 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 light begins to shine the Gentile's way. Cornelius, he's he is there and he he's praying. God moves on him and sends Peter and you that read Bible readers know how that God brought Peter to Cornelius' house. And uh, when he's there talking, uh, gets there, he begins to preach. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. I love when the Holy Ghost interrupts the preaching and makes his own altar call. And that's what happens here at Cornelius' house. Verse forty-five: They of the circumcision believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues, and magnify God. that that to me right there is so wonderful. It reveals great treasure concerning the evidence. We know when Peter leaves Cornelius's house, he goes he goes back to Jerusalem, and he has to give an account to the church and the apostles and the brethren there at Jerusalem. So he begins to tell them. They they verse two tells us when Peter was come to Jerusalem, they were they that were of the circumcision contended with him. So they they there was some controversy, if you will, about what happened at Cornelius' house because he's a Gentile, and here he is. He's 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 experienced God, and and Peter's been there preaching, and so he recounts to them. Peter does how God moved on him and brings him there, and and all that transpired, and then in verse number seventeen. For as much then as God gave them the like gift he, as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? What Peter's basically saying, Brother Austin, is that, is that they got it like we got it. They, yep. they experienced the same thing that we did. And the very next words you read is, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God. The evidence spoke for itself they were speaking with tongues when they got the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Right. <laughs> and then in Acts chapter 19, the third case that we read, we Paul there, he comes to Ephesus, you know the story. He asked, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" They said, we don't know. We haven't heard so much whether there be any Holy Ghost at all. And, and, and he says, then unto what then were you baptized? And I want to say this. I want to take just a moment here. It is important how you're baptized. Yes, Uh, that that is something, especially among holiness young people. You need to understand that just because there's 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 people that will tell you you got to be baptized in Jesus' name, they'll also tell you you got to speak in tongues in order to be saved. That's that's the oneness apostolic doctrine, and I realize they may look something like us, they may worship something like us. But they are not like us. You, you've got to make sure that you don't fall in the trap of heresy, false doctrine, really false Christianity is, is what it is. It does matter how that you're baptized. And so he, when he hears that they were baptized in John's baptism, he baptizes them, as the Bible says, in the name of Jesus Basically, what he's doing, he's confirming their testimony in Christ. He baptizes them as Christ said to baptize, which was Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Do not fall into the trap of this apostolic doctrine. It is a seducing spirit and a doctrine of devils. Right. All right. So, but then Paul prays for them, lays hands on them. They receive the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. And so three times there in the book of Acts, we see where the evidence of the baptism is speaking in other tongues. You made a point
0: there where you said some folks preach that you have to speak in tongues to be saved. And in Acts 19, it was brought to my attention from a friend of mine just the other day. And I looked it up and I couldn't believe. And this this just further, further pushes why I preach against other versions of the Bible. Right. And uh, and so I just did the other night, in fact. That verse, Acts 19 and verse 2, says, He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? If you look that up in the New King James Version and also the New International Version, which are two humongous versions that are right. widely used all yes, over sir. the country, that scripture has changed very significantly because when they read... Interpreted that scripture mm-hmm. and rewrote it down by their interpreters mm-hmm. that were not Holy Ghost inspired of right, God. Right. And they wrote that down. This is what it says. It says, Have you received the Holy Ghost when you believed?
1: Oh, really?
0: And so that completely changes the meaning oh, yes, of the scripture yes. entirely. It's not since you believed. Right. You're already saved. You're already a child of God. Have you received the Holy Ghost since? Right. You believed.
1: Well, that's a that, But have you received it?
0: When you believed, as if to say when you got when you prayed, did you receive the Holy Ghost at that moment? Yes, sir. And it gives that fight that right. they're wanting. But well, the Bible says when you believed. Oh, well, yeah. no it doesn't. You're that's reading right. a
1: version that's trash. Right. I believe it's a little rabbit trail here, but I believe that is one of the major problems with the church world today. Read is the wrong version. They're, re- they're not reading the same. The reason why they can't see holiness, they don't understand why we preach holiness and why we're so adamant about Pentecost is because they're not reading the same version. And, and it, it de-emphasizes some of the major doctrines of oh. the New Testament and of the, of the entire scripture. And so, yeah, again, that's the reason why we got to make sure that we are basing our doctrine, our belief on what the scriptures actually say. Yes. That's why we use the King James Bible. Speak and we
0: have out—we have already talked about that on this podcast. Is that right? By the time this comes out.
1: Okay, great. Wonderful. See there? Everything's working together. Praise yep. God. Pastor John Burdine oh, yeah. addressed
0: the King James Version Bible for us.
1: Oh, was, I'll, be look, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing that. Speaking in tongues, it verifies, it's validated by the Bible, it verifies the baptism. And thirdly, and I believe this is one of the most powerful parts of this, is that it gives victory to the believer. Speaking in tongues gives victory to the believer. What a blessing it is to get in the Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. There, there, There are several blessings, but when we look at this, number one It edifies the people. There's edification for us as children of God when we speak in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Jude 1 and 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I love that. Praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, makes you stronger It builds your faith. If you're listening today and you're struggling in your experience with God, things of life, pressures of life pounding on you and you feel like you're not strong enough to handle it, if you're struggling, you need to pray until you pray in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and find strength. There is strength. It builds you up. It strengthens you whenever you're praying in the Holy Ghost. But not only is there edification for the people, but it enhances our prayer. This has become one of my favorite scriptures, Brother Austin. It's found in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 26. In Romans 8 and 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I want you to think, there's there's things in life that come, and I don't know how you are, but I'm sure you have experienced this as well. There's times I get down to pray, and the need is such that I don't even know how to pray about it. It's like those old timers you hear in prayer meetings, and they just, oh, Oh, (laughs) what are they even... How are they even praying? They ain't oh, yeah. saying nothing. Yeah, but there, there's there's been times yeah. I've went to prayer and the need was so complex and there was so many different aspects to it that I didn't even know how to pray. But whenever you pray until you're praying in the spirit, yeah. the spirit maketh intercession. He knows how to pray about it. He knows yeah. what we ought how we ought to be praying it. about it. I love it. And verse twenty seven says this, and he searcheth the hearts. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. he's not going to ask amiss he knows what is the will of God and that's what's so powerful when you get in the spirit praying in the Holy Ghost you get you, he is the one that does the praying and he's going to pray the will of God for your life. I, I've been asked lots of times as a pastor pastor especially by young people, young adults how? Do I know what the will of God is for my life? How can I find how can I find the will of God? And uh, and I've had people come to me, Brother Austin, say, "Well, I know I, I believe that's the will of God because I got peace about it." <laughs> well, I want to just tell you that's yeah. not the ultimate determination, right, for it being the will of God. Yeah, because right. if there's a battle with and, and the devil's fighting against, he he can create a false sense of peace yeah. about a situation. And so peace is not the ultimate determination to know that's the will of God. One of the best ways, and this is what I teach my young people and my young adults, my church, if you're praying about something, whether it's the will of God, pray. And if you can get praying in the spirit and feel victory in the Holy Ghost while you're praying about that, that's a pretty good sign That's the will of God because he knows the will of God. If you can't get loose in the spirit, praying about it, and it seems like there's a struggle there, Mm -hmm. that's a good indication that you either need to wait or you need to leave that alone altogether. But you need the best thing you can do when it comes to the needs of your life and the situation. He's the one that searches the hearts. He knows your heart. He knows what's really there. He knows the mind of the Spirit, and he knows the will of God, and that is the recipe for overcoming with victory right there when he is the one that's praying through us. That's why we need to pray in the Spirit. Amen. Not only that, there's one more thing on this. Hey, Amen, I think it is. Yes, Just one more thing, and that is this. Before I give you just a couple examples. He edifies when you pray in the victory that the Holy Ghost gives when you're speaking in tongues. It edifies the people, it enhances your prayer, but it also energizes your praise. And I love this. Praying in the Holy Ghost, getting in the Spirit, helps us worship God in a way we right. can never worship right. Him any other way. Oh, yes, it, it's so, it, so it true. Ha- it happened on the day of Pentecost in yeah. verse number 11. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Man, that's what's so powerful about when you begin to pray and worship God and you get lost in the Holy Ghost. You're worshiping God in a way you can never do it any other way. Right. He begins to worship Christ through you, and that's a powerful powerful thing there's times when you're praying in the holy ghost that you're glorifying god in a heavenly language that could not be expressed with the tongues of men and i'll tell you what that is why it's such a blessing in speaking in other tongues i heard brother cory Herod, I'm, I'm closing with this and uh, i hope we said something today on this that's a help to people but brother cory Herod preached one time on the blessing of being bilingual it was a message about speaking in tongues. And uh, he had some stories, and I, I, I've got some stories here that I, from my own experience. But uh, years ago, years ago, Brother and Sister Brand, they were, they were pastoring the church at Granite City there, where Brother David Brim's at now. And one day they were in St. Louis doing some business, taking care of some business. And as they were walking down the streets of downtown St. Louis, a man attempted to rob them by gunpoint. He had a loaded revolver in his hand. He pointed the gun at them and began to threaten them. In that moment, brother and sister Brand, the Holy Ghost fell on them instantaneously, and they began to speak in other tongues. Well, when they began to speak in tongues, obviously that man became very frightened, and he actually pulled the trigger once. He pulled the trigger twice. And if my memory serves me correctly, he pulled the trigger a third time and that revolver never fired. When that revolver didn't fire, he threw the gun on the ground, ran the other direction. When the police got there, they picked up the pistol and they examined it. There was nothing that was causing that gun to be jammed. It was a fully loaded pistol and it was a functioning pistol, but it did not fire in that moment. There's a blessing yes. in speaking in other tongues. Sister Anderson was a saint of God there at Granite City. She was a prayer warrior. Her husband wasn't safe. She drove over 20 miles to church by herself down a lonely country road or two lane highway that was deserted. And this is long before the days of cell phones. I know young folks don't believe it, but there was a day before yeah. we had smartphones or cell phones of any kind, okay? And one night on the way home from church late, she was all by herself. And uh, her car broke down. Again, her husband wasn't saved. There was no way for her to make a phone call. She was in an area where there was nothing. And all of a sudden, a car pulled up behind her late at night, and a man gets out of the car. When he walks up and he sees that it's just a lady there by herself, he begins to threaten this lady in a very wicked way. And she instantly gets in the spirit. The Holy Ghost falls on her. She begins to speak with other tongues. And in that moment, she says, her testimony was, his eyes got as big as saucers. He turned wide as a sheet, looked like he'd seen a ghost. (laughs) I believe he did. I believe he saw the Holy Ghost. And he turned and ran back to his car and drove off in a hurry, left her on the side of the road. And the next car that pulled up was a police officer that was able to help her. I'm telling you, there's a blessing and speaking in other tongues. My wife was on a plane. She'd been on a trip to the Holy Land with Brother Savage and a big group of them that went years ago. And uh, on this particular flight on the way home from Israel, Brother Jeff Bond, a pastor in Southern Illinois. He had some kind of episode. Passed out there on the plane, very sick. Well, some of the preachers gathered around went to praying for him. Brother Clifton Gallagher was right there. Brother Clifton Gallagher got down there on the floor and went to praying for Brother Jeff Bond and he got to praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, God touched Brother Jeff and he got to feeling better and got back to his seat when everything kind of settled down. An Egyptian stewardess came up to Brother Gallagher and asked him, said, do you know Arabic? And Brother Gallagher said, no, I don't know Arabic. He said, She said, well, you were speaking in perfect Arabic and you were saying Jesus Help this man. Jesus, heal this man. I understood what you said. Will you pray for me? (laughs) I'm telling you what, there's a blessing in speaking in other tongues. I love that story. Brother, Brother John Gabbard told me this just a little. I preached this message in a camp meeting he was at, and he wanted me to add this to it. He was preaching somewhere in Oklahoma, and there was Hispanic family there in that service that night. And they wanted prayer. And so Brother Gabbard began to pray for this young lady. Well, as he began to pray for her, the Holy Ghost fell on him. He went to speaking in tongues. And he said, That young lady went wild. I mean, the power of God just went to shaking that place. She went to dance in the Spirit. In a little while, it was either her husband or her father. I can't remember which, what the relationship was, but it came to Brother Brent Gabbard, who was there with him. And uh, this has been a few years ago. And he said, Does your dad know Spanish? Brother Brent's answer was, he don't hardly know English, let alone Spanish. And so he said, when your dad got to praying for her, he got to praying in perfect Spanish. And he told her in Spanish what her need was, how the Lord wanted to help her, and what she needed to do to get the help that God wanted to give her. All right there in Spanish through the Holy Ghost. Brother Gabbard doesn't know Spanish. I'm telling you, there is a blessing and speaking the other tongues. There's one more thing I want to tell you, and I know these people, I pastor these people. I wasn't their pastor when this happened, but Sister Melissa Horton, Brother Ben Horton's wife, her and Sister Amber Owens, who goes to my church now. They both lived in Virginia at the time. They now live out here in Texarkana. And they were having a prayer meeting one night in their in the living room, just the two of them. They both were needing and in, 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 having some burdens and cares, and they went to prayer And they got to praying in the living room of the house. And Sister Melissa got in the Holy Ghost, got to praying in the Spirit. Well, Sister Amber knows Spanish. And when they got done praying, Sister Amber was looking at Sister Melissa and said, Who's Carol? Sister Melissa said, What do you mean? She said, When you got to praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, Sister Melissa doesn't know Spanish. She said, Whenever you got to praying in the Holy Ghost, you got to praying in Spanish and you were praying for somebody named Carol. Well, the only Carol that Sister Melissa could f- think of was Sister Carol Martin. This was before she passed away. And so the next day, this was late in the night, the next day she called Sister Carol Martin and she says, Sister Martin, last night, told her the experience that they had there praying. Sister Martin went to cry, and She said, like about that exact time, I was in a terrible spiritual battle And I was needing God's help. And she said, I was begging God, would you please help me? And while she was praying, needing God's help, hundreds of miles away, a saint of God was in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead, got to praying through Sister Melissa and got to praying to help Sister Carol Martin. I want to tell you something. We don't recognize the power there is when we really pray I don't know If we could tap in into this that power. Pan. Well, I feel the presence of God right now, brother. I'm just telling you, I'm thankful that I know about this Pentecostal blessing. I'm thankful that at the age of eleven years old I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It changed my life. I'm not ashamed to be a tongue talking child of God.
0: Wow. Yeah. He can speak a heavenly language. Yes, sir. He can speak any language. Yes, sir. Just let him talk through you.
1: (laughs) That's right. He knows knows the cares of your heart. And you may be feeling overwhelmed as you listen to this. You may be overwhelmed with all of the troubles and problems of life. I'm telling you, if you can get in that place of prayer and pray until you're praying in the Spirit, that is a direct link to the throne room of heaven. And that's when God can do great things in your life.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, amazing explanation of the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you what, I want the Holy Ghost active in my
1: life. Yes, sir, I did too. I hope it's been a blessing to somebody today.
0: I want him active in my life. Yes, sir. Whoop, dropping my mic. (laughs) Let's get off here. The Holy Ghost explained, the Holy Ghost
1: evidence... And the next time we're together, the Holy Ghost experience. The
0: Holy Ghost experience. You heard it here. Come back and listen to us.